boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's right. Does Mike Davidson have one more in-ring wrestling comeback in front of him? I don't think so, but promoter Danny Duggan seems to think so. He's invited me to be in the Rumble to Remember coming up in November, and I've got to be honest, I have considered it. I don't know if I'm going to do it. This is episode 25 of the Total BSU show, and I could think of nothing else to talk about to start the show than do I have one more wrestling match or one last comeback? Maybe it'll be a run. I don't know. I could get in the best shape of my life. You, you know what's impressive about, before we dig Right, right into that last statement. You know what's impressive about the whole start of this is that you switch from talking in third person to first person just seamlessly. The first is does Mike Davidson and then does I. Like, just, <laughs> does I. Does lot, I. There's a lot of uh, delusions of grandeur there, Mike. You're not in ring shape. What do you mean I'm not in ring shape? Are you in the best shape of your life? No, not 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 quite, but I'm not far off. Not far off. And okay, so have you made peace with, uh, for example, Mike Davidson enters at number seven in this uh, rumble and Let's say Adam Knight enters at number eight. You think he's going to stretch you? You think he's going to beat you up? Well, if he cuts a promo on me, he'll put me to sleep. But <laughs> That might be the best way to get you out of the ring. Um, put you to sleep. And, and, and how many other guys are waiting to stretch you? Okay, so I got a story to tell. Oh, gosh. Way back when, Ernie Todd, I think it was, was promoting a battle royal that was a rumble style. And it was at the Lincoln Hotel on McPhillips. And I was in and Eddie Watts was coming in one or two after me and I wanted no part. (laughs) And I mean, no part of Eddie Watts. Now I was like 18 or 19, junior heavyweight, pushed a little bit, but I did not want to get stretched by Eddie Watts. And I knew that was going to happen. So I went to a couple guys and I was like, eliminate me before Eddie Watts. I I don't even want Eddie Watts's music playing because I want to get, I want to get the hell out of town before he gets there. And sure enough, nobody would eliminate me fast enough and the music hit and I got eliminated. I think it was Chad Ripley. Maybe someone, someone did me the favor, got me the right. hell out of the ring. So I'm trying to avoid Eddie Watts at all costs. Right. So here's what I know. In the 1991 Royal Rumble, I believe Tito Santana exits as Ted DiBiase's walking in, or somebody exits as somebody's walking in. Now, DiBiase doesn't take Tito's head off, because that would be unprofessional, right? Right? Right. Well, I would hope that the same thing would have happened here, except no, no. As I'm trying to sell to the back, Eddie Watts decided, no, I'm going to take this guy's head off. And he... And he, and he did. Yeah. So, I... Uh, I did not like that experience in a rumble and Eddie Watts had no reason to stretch me. You seem to suggest that Adam Knight would have a reason to stretch me. He he might have a reason to stretch. He might be a little upset with you, but what not, for? O- not only that, you didn't have heat with Eddie Watts then, did you? None. Exactly. And Barely he, knew the man. He took your head off for nothing. Yes. Now you've got, let's just say there's five guys that have heat with you. Okay, let's uh, name are them. Are they going to take- Kevin Chevy? Does he? No. Yeah, Kevin Chevy loves maybe. You. He loves you. Oh, okay. Kevin Chevy loves you. Okay, so Adam I Knight. I wouldn't want to fight Kevin Chevy. But no, God, I wouldn't either. Uh, Adam Knight, for sure. Yeah. Who else? You, you you ruffle a lot of feathers, but you know, I think you've been good lately. I, I try to make everyone sound great, including Adam Knight. I, um, so if, it, if I was to do the Rumble, and I ended up in the ring with Adam Knight, I would hope that 
Well, I think the fans would want to see that. Yeah. Right? That's one thing. That if I was going to do it, I, the chances of me doing it are not 50-50. Let me be honest. I don't want to build up people's expectation. The date is a week after Grey Cup. I think it's Sunday night, November 26th, 27th, somewhere in there. And I'm just flattered that Danny asked. Now, he asked everybody. Like, he yeah. asked the Tulip in Las Vegas. He's had Tony Candelo in the Rumble to remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get, probably, I get the text every year. Yeah. Now, yeah. I would imagine you're going to do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it's the same thing every year. He he asked me, and I'm like, I ham and I haw. And I, I had another uh, rumble invite for a, a different different uh, outfit, and I turned it down because I'm a little bit worried. You know, it's been ten years since I've been in the ring. So there's two outfits planning a rumble. No, uh, the other one's right away. I think it's a charity show. Oh, uh, I think Rob Stardom's running a charity show. Oh, oh, okay. That's asked, still CWE's banner. Is it okay? Yeah. So he asked me for that, and. I just said, uh, you know, I intend, and I'm going to tell you this. I don't want to go on and on about Adam Knight. I said that last week and then I went on and on. <laughs> and how about Jeff Farmer? A lot of people love that. Yeah. But I intend to reach out to Adam Knight. You know what I want to do? I want to get Adam Knight on the Total B She Show. So if you're a listener, don't message me and ask me about Adam Knight. I'm very public about what I think of Adam Knight. I like Adam Knight. But message Adam Knight and say, go on Mike's podcast. And I will do, I will make, I, this is the offer. If Adam Knight agrees, he doesn't even have to be on the podcast podcast with me it does not have to be a debate with me it does not have to be he doesn't have to worry about what i would say yeah you could interview him one-on-one yeah you could play a clip of what i've said and then get his response to it yes what i'm wrong about what i'm right about the thing is is adam knight is a good wrestler let me say that a hundred percent emphatically adam knight would do better if he was better at being produced. If a booker says to him, I want this as a finished product, and he lets somebody help him decide how to get there, as opposed to him improvising and doing what he thinks that the booker wants. And sometimes it doesn't come out the way the booker wants it. And Adam Knight's promos could use a good producer. Guess who is a guess who in this room right now is a pretty good producer? I think it's me. Well, you're producer, producer Chris. Chris, right? Yeah. But I mean, if <laughs> if we're talking about booking and producing yes. a wrestling segment, I could give him pointers on how he could deliver better. His promos, he's got to do it someplace where he can let loose. And Tim Halbert, a, a very loyal listener to the show, sent me an Adam Knight promo where he let loose. And we're going to play that next week. Adam yes. Knight, it's an older promo. But wow, I swear, it, 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 compared to the guy in the gym who's talking to Hushtone, this guy was sitting on his couch after doing rails of cocaine, it seems. Okay. So he was into it. And so Adam Knight, you're invited on the Total Bishi Show. And listeners, don't just go by what, don't, don't tell me what you think I should be worried about with Adam Knight. Now it's time to hit him up on Twitter, hit him yes. up on Instagram, hit him up on Facebook and say, it's time for Adam Knight to do the Total She Show. It's time for Adam Knight to say what he thinks about anything. He will get a very fair form. Now, if he trusts me, he can be interviewed by me and you listen to every interview from Vance Nevada to, to Greg Gagne. I treat everyone with, a, with the utmost respect in the interview. Shane Madison last week was a great one i will treat him with the same respect but if he doesn't trust me that's fine he can do it one-on-one with you and i trust you to get the best out of him but you play the clip and get his response okay so before we open invitation put a bow on all of that including the rumble part i'm going to go on record and say this if you agree to go in to the rumble i will too so you want to be a tag team in the it's every man for himself. That, I will kick your ass would, out of there. That would be an, actually a really funny thing for us to do, to come out at the Total B She Show, just come out as a... As a, one a, guy, as a, but as we're two, yes. and your job is to protect me? Well, not really protect. It's really just going to be two guys that 
that have no business being in there. What do you mean I have no business? I was number 430. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is where he talks about his PWI number 431. You do realize why a promoter like Danny, a very smart promoter, would think, hey, I, I want Mike, Mike Davidson in my yeah, rumble yeah, because Mike, in 1997, I was number 430 in the oh, PWI 500. I think he's thinking, well, Mike will rip off the best song of the week that's on the radio and he'll come out and he'll get a big, get a big pop. Isn't that what you used to do? You used to use um, the, the top song of the week? Yes. Yeah. Uh, is that, is that going to come back? Are you going to bring that back? If you're in the rumble. I can't believe this. <laughs> you and I haven't had a fight in about a week and are a we half. Are we having a fight? A no, week but half? I'm insulted. You're insulted. Because I, why are you making fun of what I will do to get over in this situation? <laughs> I don't know what I'll do to get over. I, like, I don't feel like I'm making fun. I feel like I'm, I'm just saying what you said. Okay. So here's what I told Danny. Okay. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to try to lose five pounds. Not because I feel five pounds heavy, but I'm going to, t- I'm going to test myself. I'm going to challenge myself. I've got a three week window to when I'm going to tell them if I can do this or not. I don't want the fans to be, you know, like if I, there are fans that are going to want to see me do this rumble um, because I'm a draw. Like, let, let me be very honest. And I'm going to say to th- some of my friends like Shane Madison and, and I, one of the holdbacks will be, I don't have any of my gear anymore. I got rid of it. I thought I'm never going to wrestle again. Time to get rid of the gear. So not having gear is going to be a problem because I'm not going in there in streets. I'll be honest. Um, so the chances are slim, but I'm I got a, I got a single that I can loan you. Uh, it's got to match my character. It's like, <laughs> like I, I sound <laughs> not to what be a character. Pre- there is a certain level to which I hold myself okay, to, oh, right? right? right. So, um, yeah. No running shoes and kick pads then? I used, I used to use uh, shooter shoes and kick pads. And yeah, shooter fun. shoes are all right. It's yeah. when, they, when they've when they got the dirty Nikes that they wore off the street that are... Yeah, so I, if I don't live up to a certain standard, I'm not going to do it. That's all right. Basically well, we, we've both said right here, that I said, if you do it, I'll do it. So there you go. Well, there's a hell of a sales pitch. <laughs> there's, it is a hell of a sales pitch. You, you need me in there. You need me. What else do you want to talk about before we go to our interview with the incomparable oh. Davy Boy Smith Jr.? I want to talk about something else before we go. Just a quick little note on mainstream wrestling. I don't know if that's, that's what I wanted to say. That's, but boy, uh, I've been getting lots of messages from people telling me, you know, you got to start watching, really start watching Raw again, really start because it's getting so much better. So I sat down this week and I thought I'm going to give it a real go. I saw three hours on the PVR that always pushes me a bit because who has three hours to set aside? I guess lots of people do, but I do watch the NFL do. I do not. Um, Considering that you've got three hours of that and two hours of SmackDown, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, I sat down to watch Raw and the first five minutes of the show were Roman Reigns' entry. Just five minutes of this interminable slow song with the bloodline coming out with him, with Paul Heyman acting weird. I don't know what he was doing. Sami Zayn, more over than anybody in the entire group. But it was five minutes for them to get from the entryway to the ring and pick up a microphone. It was so long and boring. Talk about starting cold. Now, I wanted to ask you about that. Is, is, there, <laughs> is there any chance that you would start cold like that for a, for a show yeah. that 
Really? I can give you an example. Okay. So you're booking a show. Because that's so cool. And half the roster is stuck in a, and, and they haven't got to the venue yet. You're like, put in time. That, and, and you're drawing it out. Maybe that, I doubt that was it. And maybe I believe they think the entrance is a big part of the of the package. It killed it for me. And I, and I, I'm at this point, I'm the laps fan that we always talk about. I'm the guy who's like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. Two and things that used to drive me crazy when I was very, very dedicated to watching t- wrestling one is uh, an entrance that takes a long time yeah two is the stalling before starting the promo yes they get the mic and they stall and they stall and it's like you i believe with wrestling right now what you would want to sell is action and that's what i'm saying intensity and so you would the idea of starting with a promo even if you were going to start with a promo don't start with the the static shot of the entranceway and then the music starts. I know it's called the Hollywood entrance, but like, why not start with, okay, like you come up live to a shot of in the ring there, the guy is to start his promo. That means everything he has to say is more important than the entrance, which means people might listen a little bit different. Um, I think they got to try different things. One of the things that since writing teams started is they, they tend to get to a point because it's a whole bunch of different voices that gets put into one package. And so they there's things that end up becoming monotonous and routine. Like, oh, well, we got to start with a promo. Oh, we got to start. He, Roman's got to get his entrance in. As opposed to a booker who has instincts and can say, mm, we're going to start it a little different today. So their head of creative has to be more important than the team. The head of creative should be writing or coming up with the ideas and then writers should be maybe tweaking it to add, add layers to it. Um, but that's, that's just that three hours is a lot and it's overproduced. Like their show is all special effects. I hate, yeah, I hate that. Now in fairness, I look at 1994, 95, 96, 97 wrestling and I like the production values where it was a little grittier and a little bit me too for wrestling. But when I watch football, from now compared to then, I love the overproduction of pro sports. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It just didn't doesn't really work for me as wrestling. Like I've I've had this uh, conversation with a, a listener of the show, Travis, a friend of mine, about how it's all smooth. And I mean, I mean, including the production. You talk about how it's overproduced. Everything, nothing has an edge to it. Include mm-hmm. the promos, the set. The display, the yeah. the graphics, they're all. If you look at it, there's no there's no physical edges and there's no actual edges. Yeah. To any of it, and that's my problem. So, when I produced WFX, it was all post produced. So they would take out all of the hiccups and mistakes. Yeah. I think you could add a lot of a lot of value if you were doing a live wrestling program to have it have stumbles and have it have yeah. have it not be so flawless. So that way, when you see a run in, you might be thinking, Hey, like, you know, give them an element of, I don't know what's going on here so that they're watching it as opposed to this is the next part in the script. Go back right? to the old Titan Tron, the big yeah. square Titan Tron, go back to all that. I would eliminate the scripting process. I would go yeah. back to whiteboard match, match, match promo, coach the guy on what you want in a promo and let it, even if it's chaotic, even if it, even if you have terrible segments, sometimes these, these are the points I want you to yeah. hit. And go back Get to yeah. Go back to it being because let me tell you something. MMA Brother. MMA is you trust me. Dana White doesn't write out an entire script of what he wants from an MMA uh, like a UFC pay per view. Yeah. And you know, like 
the, the yeah, a football game, the coach isn't sitting there going, okay, we're going to run this play. They're going to run this defense. We're going to run this. We're going to like, there is a little bit of human chess match to it, but it isn't, it isn't perfect. That's why there's fumbles. That's why there's yeah. blocked punts. That's why there's penalty flags, right? So let's go and have wrestling be, even if you have a botched spot, Hey, they're human out there, right? Yeah. Make it a little bit more, um, less polished and a little bit more real. And then you might be able to suspend the viewer's disbelief, but that's just me. That's what I think. And ultimately I think they're, they're making their way that direction, but it's going to take some time. How did your buddy Tony Khan do this week? Uh, you know, you, you came, you arrived at my house and to the studio, please. Yeah. The studio, to to the studios. Um, and you, you caught me watching. You caught me watching. Yeah, uh, and you were loving it. You were like, this is the great, where's Luther? I saw your sign. It said, where's Luther? <laughs> That's exactly my, my sign said, where's Luther? On the other side, it said Danhausen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it said, where's Luther? And then I saw another sign that said Luther for gold. Cause yeah. you think he should have a strap. Yeah. That's and right. is Danhausen, Danhausen still in the roster? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's still yeah, in the roster. Your favorites never get fired. Cause yep. you're buddies with Tony Khan. Yeah. I, I, I am buddies with Tony Khan. I am going to be all late. You're going to see a poster soon that says, you know, Chris, you are. Chris, all elite Chris as Dion a fan. Is all elite. Yeah, you are the all elite fan yeah, for sure. Just wait. All right, did we cover what you wanted to talk talk about? Yeah, I just wanted to ask about Tony. And you just, that's all you you just wanted to take a dig. Why and Luther? I, I yeah, you want to take a dig at me because why I, don't you get Luther on the show? I I'll try. No, no, I'll I'll try. He probably can't do it. Yeah, if he's under contract, but I. I could. All right. I'm in contact. All right. So we have Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yeah. And before we bring him on, I want to thank who made that happen. Danny Duggan. I sent him a text and I said, is there anything you could do to get Davy Boy Smith on the show? And he said, yes. Um, and of course, Davy Boy Smith Jr. is going to be wrestling November 3rd, 4th, and 5th for CWE. Uh, it's in Regina, Prince Albert, and Yorkton. Danny's working real hard to make those shows real good. So you can get your tickets at cwetickets.ca. Make sure you check this out because I'll tell you we've talked with dave cote a lot about it and we i want it to be clear i have a lot of respect for what danny's trying to do to build up what's been a tough market for him and hey right now the riders aren't going to make any dent in the playoffs if they make the crossover so maybe it's time to say hey you know what we all have rider nation pride green pride all of that stuff but your coach and your gm haven't done their job to put out a competitive team but the cwe has put out a competitive product so maybe all you rider fans who are sitting there in a frustrated cfl season need to buy tickets to one of those three shows and get there and enjoy it bring a sign bring your kids bring your wife bring your hot neighbor who might enjoy a wrestling show bring everybody down it and make it happen like let's i said i did not think that that you could expect double the fans just based on bringing in an import but let's prove me wrong let's see cwe double their attendances there because they deserve it they're working real hard so after the break we're gonna have davy boy smith jr i'm looking forward to it this episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code Bees Cheese. Again, the code is B E E Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. 
The Total Bees She's Show releases new episodes every Monday. Follow the Total Bees She's Show on Twitter at Total Bees She's, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, or search us on Facebook, Total Bees She's. I have to thank one of my close friends, Danny Duggan from CWE Wrestling, for helping line this up today. We have a great guest, Davey Boy Smith Jr., who is going to be appearing for the CWE on November 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Regina, Prince Albert, and Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Davey Boy, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on, and I'm certainly looking forward to all those great events. Always great being back in my home country, Canada. Yeah, you are a Canadian, and in Western Canada, a pretty big deal. Like, these these three dates coming up, these three big events, you're going to be main eventing. Um, what's it like when you get to wrestle in Canada? Do you do it as much as you'd like to, or is it kind of when it falls into your international dates that you can make it to Canada for some shows? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I uh, try to come, you know, in whatever time allows to come back to Canada for shows is always great. I've been spending... Uh, a lot of time up here recently, just doing some training, getting in the ring with some of my uh, students. So it's it's always great. Um, you know, COVID back a couple of years ago, the last couple of years, it, it threw a real curveball into my plans of, you know, being able to do a lot of shows up in Canada and things have settled down, thankfully now, or starting to. And um, I'm doing them more regularly again. So that's, that's great. And I'm certainly looking forward to the events. Wow. Um, it's good to have you do more dates in Canada, obviously. I think that's something that was not a big part oh, of yeah. your career for, for sure. a while because with your time with WWE, then your time in Japan, and, and now there's sort of an opening for it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it's always great being back um, home in Canada. And, uh, you know, this be um, sort of like my first, uh, you know, shows back up in the Saskatchewan, kind of that area. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't worked up in that in in those areas for uh geez, be eight years or so so the, i'm certainly looking forward to it it must be pretty exciting to wrestle in saskatchewan considering that it was one of Stu's main territories especially regina it was a hotbed for stampede wrestling absolutely you know there's a funny story um i don't know if you guys are familiar with that movie there was a movie that i filmed out in regina actually at the same arena that Stu used to run Stampede Wrestling every, I believe it was Sunday. The um, he would do, yeah, yeah. well, you do Calgary every Friday, then Edmonton was Saturday, and then I think it was Saskatchewan was uh, was Sunday. But he would go out there. But it was it was the the arena was basically the same as the Pavilion. It was yeah, the exi- horse stalls in the back. It was it was called yeah. the Exhibition yeah. Auditorium. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. yeah. So we myself Lance Storm. And Mick Foley were a part of that, and Chelsea Green. So it was uh, it was fun to film there, and I had never um, I never got to actually wrestle there, but I I played my uh, uh, character uh, Mordecai or whatever it was with the <laughs> long hair and stuff, and uh, so I, I technically wrestled in that venue. So it was uh, it was pretty cool, pretty historic, you know. So funny mm. story there. Mordecai was that a tribute to Kevin Thorne? <laughs> no, yeah, well, I would say it was, but the uh, it was something that the producers came up with, and uh, I wore the jeans, and then they gave me like a 
like a long like dreadlocks almost like rob zombie with some funky makeup and it was uh yeah i transformed into <laughs> some kind of monster <laughs> amazing so, what did at the maybe the dollar 99 uh outlets at best buy <laughs> what is the movie called yeah. uh, it was called choke slam choke slam yeah. i'm going to be looking for that yeah we'll share it on social media yeah. if we can find it but uh that sounds sure, sure with mick foley and you and chelsea green man is she hot that'll be great to see um yeah. you made some noise uh, this this week with the announcement that you're going to be returning to major league wrestling with the billington bulldogs that's kind of a, a very cool idea and i was going to ask you about that before i read that but how exciting is that for you yeah, I think it'll be great. It's going to be um, a great opportunity for Mark and Thomas. You know, it'll be their first matches over in the United States. Um, they've been over here about a month or so, and I've been training with them pretty regularly. And um, I think they're going to really open some eyes and turn some heads. And I'm certainly looking forward to, uh, you know, my comeback with doing some stuff with MLW again. You know, I think that it's going to be a great faction. We're family. And, you know, Thomas Jr., he's he's so much like the Dynamite Kid, his uncle in the ring. It's, uh, it's almost uncanny. So I think that we're going to be making some big noise and be making some big waves back in MLW again. So I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, that opportunity and being able to wrestle with my cousins and, um, you know, sort of mentor them as well. That's like a, I've been doing with the training recently. Yeah, that, that's extremely exciting, and I gotta ex- imagine like not only will MLW be wanting to to see the Billington Bulldogs with Davy Boy Smith Jr., but also Japan will be lining up to try to line to bring you guys over, right? Yeah, I would I would think so, and um, you know I think that we're gonna have a good showing, and um, like I said, these these two boys they're um, they're young and they're they seem like they have the 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 desire and the the passion for it. And technically, they're um, very, very good already. So I've been working with them on some some things in the ring. I think that it'll be a really, really good showing. And like I said, I think that we're going to definitely turn some heads. You've done an amazing job of making a name for yourself and having a great career for yourself. Your father, Davy oh, Boy Smith, you. the British Bulldog, left a heck of a big legacy. How do you how do you measure up to your dad and the and the big footprint he left for you? Well, I'm about six foot four and he was about six foot. So (laughs) four inch difference. (laughs) Uh, No, no, I, uh, you know what? I, I love the professional wrestling business. And, um, even if my dad wasn't who he was, I probably would have wound up in the, in the same profession anyway. You know, it's, it's just, it's in, well, it's, it's in my blood. So I I can't necessarily say that, but, um, you know, and I definitely am glad to carry on the, the legacy and tradition of the Hart family and, you know, my father and the dynamite kid, you know, being able to, you know, do my best, but also it's a lot of give and take. It's good to help out a lot of the younger guys that are coming up as well with advice and training. Um, so when I see students of mine or people that have helped succeed, it give, brings me a lot of fulfillment and it definitely uh, gives me a good boost and, and uh, positive energy. So I'm also glad to be able to help out because, you can only do so much on your own uh, by yourself. So you iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So um, I definitely had a lot of good help over the years with good coaches. So I'm definitely glad to do that as well. Okay. So here's a question for you. When you put in one match onto the YouTube of yourself that you are most proud of that you look at and you say, 
that was the night I was the most on. Which match is it? Probably with Tyson Kidd. Um, not our WWE match, but that, that one was was good. But it was my final match for Stampede Wrestling in Cochrane, Alberta. And it was, I believe, about May or April of 2006. I was came out victorious with a, a jumping sit-out Liger bomb from the second turnbuckle. Oh, wow. When... Uh, yeah, so and I, the way how I landed it, if you can picture it, you know when you when you land a power bomb with the legs over the arms. So I landed that in like clean in that position. Like I didn't land it and then put my legs over uh, TJ's shoulders or, or arms. It was it would land it there. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think I hurt him too bad, but um, <laughs> but that was uh, it, you know, and he was the guy that I had wrestled with the most and had the best chemistry with and grew up in the wrestling business with and uh you know trained in the dungeon so that was my favorite match and um we were both on that night and wanted to do something really special before i went to wwe and then shortly after that tyson and natty uh natalia they joined me in wwe about you know a year later it's kind of like the family tradition right all Stu grand Stu's grandchildren end yeah. up there yeah yeah Sort of like that, yeah. Yeah. So your father was a world famous ribber. I don't know if you'll embrace that, but he certainly was. Do you? Does the apple fall from yeah. far from Hell the tree? Yeah. Do you like to pull the odd rib? Uh, I do. You know, um, my ribs are more. Well, you know, nowadays with phones and stuff like that, it's <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 harder to get away with as much as they did. But I, I was big on prank calls, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a pretty good. Um, impersonator with voices and uh i can be a little bit like a parrot like i can imitate people and i I fooled a lot of people calling them and prank calling them tj he's he was big on those as well uh tj went he 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 went a little he went he would go pretty to the extremes with a lot of ribs like (laughs) where there was a lot of thought put into stuff so uh yeah mine were mostly just with uh with prank calls and and that sort of stuff, but I never messed with anybody's wrestling gear or anything like that. That just wasn't wasn't something I was interested in. But prank calls, I was always good at, and I I could always hold in laughing while doing it until the, the call was after. Then you know, okay, for so, about five minutes. So yeah. now I'm going to have to put you on the spot. You can do imitations. Let's hear a couple. Who if let's imagine it's twelve thirty in the morning and you're making the phone call. Who's the imitation of and how fired up are people gonna get? Oh geez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I I gotta think of one. So okay. maybe yeah. we'll go back to that. All right, all right. All right. Yeah, so yeah. you can think about that. I have other questions, so we can we can dance back to that sure. before the interview is over. Um okay, so here's another good question. Davy Boy Smith Jr. has been in some really good tag teams. Lance Archer, Doug Williams. Who is your favorite partner, and mm-hmm. and and do you prefer tag team wrestling? Um, well, yeah, you know Tyson Kidd was my favorite tag partner, and uh, Teddy Hart was also. Cool. We we did a lot of great stuff together. So I would say those two, and just the natural chemistry with us, you know, growing up together in, in the family. Uh, the, the the timing was always there. You know, we could do stuff, do our sequences and our arsenal moves and tag moves with our eyes closed pretty much. So the, I would say with those two, I'm sorry, what was the second part of that question? Was it just that? Just pretty much that. Who was your favorite tag team part? Yeah, and do okay. you prefer wrestling tag to wrestling singles matches? Uh, you know what? I do. I, there's, 
I mean, I, I like both. It, it's just, it's apples and oranges, you know, it, it all depends. Like there could be um, a great tag team like FTR, say for instance, if back in the day, if Tyson and I teamed up and wrestled them in a, in a tag, the match probably would have been great. Whereas I probably would have preferred to do a tag match with them because they're two, they're tag team specialists, right? So, mm-hmm. and uh, the Hart Dynasty, we were also, so it would might have been a better match than me versus Dax or, um, you know, or in the singles versus one of them. So, but, you know, if, if you gave me the option of having a singles match with Minoru Suzuki or, you know, Brian Danielson or something like that, you know, I would I would definitely be chomping at the bit for something like that, too. So it, it all depends. I'm not partial to one or the other. Um, it just depends on the situation and the, the opponent's. Okay. Your last run in WWE was kind of a confusing one. They announced that they had signed you and you were going to be coming back yeah. to TV. And then after one match, that was it. Was that a choice of yours to leave or was that just a bad timing maybe? Uh, yeah. I, you know what? Your guess is as good as mine. Honestly, I wish I could tell you more. I, I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I did one. I, I did. I did. Yeah, I did two dark matches. I was on the very first, SmackDown again in front of a live audience, like during the whole COVID thing. So they were doing it in Texas and I teamed up with Austin Theory and the match was good. It was only about five minutes. And then they had me do another one on Raw the following Monday after, and this was in front of nobody. So I kind of took it as I thought maybe it was a test. So I made sure to make the match extra good for Monday. And I was a little bit extra, like hard hitting on the guys. And, uh, it was really solid and snug and everybody I think kind of their eyes were open to when I'm really on my game and I got very good uh, compliments from everybody from Bobby Lashley to Dana Brooke to um, you know Devon the road agents and then I was told that because I asked if I was going to be on the following weekend of shows and they said the next time I'd be up would be when I'd be debuting so I, I came back like here and there like it was at a summer slam just backstage and then, you know, came for another pay-per-view event or whatever. And then um, it was just out of nowhere. I I was kind of wondering where the run was going to because, you know, they were paying me. I was getting the most amount of money I've ever made my whole career to do nothing. So I I wasn't sure, you know, if they were going to, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't say maybe the only, the only thing I can, I can tell you guys is that, Sometimes things happen for a reason and, you know, maybe the time for me in WWE then just wasn't the right time. And maybe, uh, I'm, I'm fairly spiritual also. So maybe, you know, my father and Owen and, uh, dynamite and Stu, and maybe they were just, uh, kind of looking out for me and swerved me away from, uh, potentially a, a not a good runner of, uh, a salty or, or a bad uh, gimmick that maybe was going to be put in place. I don't know. That's all that I can say to it. But I showed up in the best shape of my life. I was got up to about 280 with uh, six pack abs and was training, like, you know, very hard. Hired a trainer, hired a grappling coach, was doing all kinds of different stuff. I, I walked a tire, or a, sorry, I walked a car with my uh, coach in it for huh. a, a whole mile straight. Wow. Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you would think your legs are the ones that give out your grip because you're holding that underneath the, the back of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I you know, I just 
I, I did everything in my control. It wasn't fair that it happened, but maybe, you know, maybe there will be an opportunity for me to go back and that will be the, the time to, um, really shine. Maybe that maybe like, maybe like I'm just saying, maybe the spirits were looking out for me and, and gave me a good year of pay for, um, and, uh, swayed me away from maybe a potentially not a good run. So that's all I can think of. And, you know, maybe I'll go back, maybe not, but that's, um, does that open up? Yeah. What's your interest rate now between like WWE, all elites, you know, all the, there's a lot of good opportunities out there. Is your goal maybe one of those two companies or more international? Um, well, you know, I, I would like to, I would like to still go back, you know, internationally back over to Japan again. Um, I just, I wasn't quite sure. It's it almost feels like, cause I haven't been going overseas for so long cause of, well, I was in WWE and then, you know, there was COVID that happened before that. So it, it's almost seems, pardon the pun, foreign to go back <laughs> over there. Uh, whereas, you know, where I was going, doing it regularly. Uh, honestly, you know, I would, um, it really would depend on what's going to pay the most money. Uh, that's, that's basically it. Uh, that's I mean, fair. money isn't everything, but, but um, it certainly is one of the most important things. So it would be, it would be the money, you know. Yeah, you just, just with all the pen, maybe Impact Wrestling is good. I mean, like I said, I'm back with in touch with MLW, and I'm doing stuff with them for now. So I'll see where that goes, and you know, maybe that'll uh, lead me to doing stuff again there full time for a while. I, I'm not sure. So kind of trying to get a lay of the land, so to speak, with is the best option North America, overseas. Um, thankfully, the restrictions on traveling have been a lot more lenient, not as. Uh, uh, you know, with, with everything, with COVID stuff. Yeah. So. Do you remember, um, sorry to change speeds on you, but I wanted to ask this question. Wrestling for, you were very young and you and your dad teamed up for Bobby J's TRCW in 2001. Do you remember that, that swing? It was you, you two mm-hmm. against, uh, I, I believe it was TJ Bratt was in the match. I remember it very well. So it was, <clears throat> I think it was the first night was in Brandon. That's or, right. Um, uh, against uh, Ryan Wood and Rob Stardom. And then the next night was Robbie Royce, the Axe, and I believe it was, we were teaming with Zach Mercury. Yeah. And uh, TJ Bratt was the was the third guy. And they, they ran it at a big, uh, like almost like a hockey arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they did, we did pretty good. It was, um, it was a lot of fun, man. Um, I was glad to get the opportunity to, able to team up with my father it was one of the few times I was able to, you know, sadly he passed away a week later, but, uh, there was, it was a fun trip and there was a couple other guys from Calgary that made the trip up, uh, Patrick Myers and Pete Wilson and, uh, Nick Nog. These were some guys from the Calgary Matt Rats company yeah. that, that were trained by Teddy Hart and TJ. And it was funny. So Ian, Patrick Myers, he borrowed my mom's white CRV Honda and drove up there. <laughs> and then, uh, so he drove the car up, the Honda up there. And then he didn't realize it, but he goes, Oh, you know, he was, said he was tired. So he let Pete start driving. <laughs> and, uh, Pete, Pete was younger. He was younger than me, I think. They're about my age. And then Ian said something like, Wow, I'm really glad that Pete has his license. I don't have to do all this whole drive by myself. And then him and Nick and Pete started laughing. And then he's like, "Why? Well, what's funny?" And he started laughing harder. 
And then Ian goes, what, wait, what, Pete? You got your license, right? And then they started laughing harder. And he goes, well, you mean you have your learners, right? Because Ian was over 18. So if you, if you have a learner's license, you can drive with someone with their license if they're over 18. And they started laughing even harder. So Pete didn't have his learners or his <laughs> license. And he's driving my mom's Honda all the way from Calgary to, uh, to Winnipeg. And Ian was flipping out. So then they pulled over and then Ian did the whole drive. They had some pit stops and this and that. And I, I think he hadn't slept. And then we finally met up with him in, in uh, uh, Winnipeg. And then we were at a four-way stop with uh, Bobby J, myself, and, and Davey. We were in the other car. And Ian somehow, him trying to be super careful driving my mom's car, he ended up rear-ending somebody out there. <laughs> and then he was, he was all mad. And then he wouldn't let Pete drive all the way back. And I think they all had school uh, the next, the following Monday. So he had to do the whole drive like straight and then with no sleep. So Ian didn't have a very good trip there, but that's just, just a funny story for the, you know, on the road. But, um, <laughs> but you know, heaven forbid if there was an accident while Pete was driving without his yeah. learners or his license. Oh man. Um, or even the police just stopping him because he was going a little too fast. That would have been an yeah. adventure too. Wow. Um, and asking him where he's going. Well, I'm going to go wrestle in Winnipeg. <laughs> okay, you don't have your license. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoopsie. So, um, yeah. so you have fond memories of the match. You remember it well? I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, that was one funny memory. And we were just laughing when Ian, it wasn't a bad rear end, but he had to <laughs> do an accident part. And he was, he was all shaky after and was all scared. And he had to call my mom and explain to her what happened. And, uh, but you know, we, we had a, a really good trip. Um, we got to, uh, I remember flying out and there was the traffic was really bad. We made our flight, but it was, it was getting pretty close. Flew out there and, you know, Bobby took good care of us. And, uh, first night was for their TV pilot, I think. And then, um, there was one wrestling shop there. The guy had a bunch of, uh, old, like Rob Barra video videos and stuff like that. I don't remember his name, but I think Davey was on his, uh, he did like a like a podcast or radio radio interview. Uh, Joe Aiello, similar to what we're doing. Yeah, that was yeah, Joe Aiello's yeah. so No Holds Barred uh, Barred Wrestling Show. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gave me. Uh, I think it was the RF's Best of Dynamite Kid. So that had some of Davey's matches with Dynamite from New Japan and, and a bunch from uh, All Japan. I think it was the best of uh, that, and then it was something from the nineties with uh, greatest matches of the nineties volume two and something else. And then, uh, yeah, I got to watch that. Some of those matches with, uh, Dave before, uh, day before he, or the next week came over on a Friday and then he headed out to BC and unfortunately he passed away, uh, you know, in his sleep that night. So we, we got to watch, uh, the match last matches was him and, uh, dynamite from new Japan that we watched together. So, so was, uh, yeah, good memories of that also. Definitely. Um, so you're going to go to Saskatchewan. It's going to be November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Regina, Prince Albert, and Yorkton, all great cities for the CWE tour. You're looking forward to it. Anything that fans can expect to see? Absolutely. Uh, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to seeing my Canadian fans and uh, being back open uh, Saskatchewan. And um, uh, God bless his soul. Unfortunately, um, what was the, the photographer's name? Uh, Bob Leonard. Bob 
Bob Leonard. Bob Leonard. Yes. Yeah, excuse me. I, I don't know. Yeah, he he was. Um, I had seen him actually when I filmed for Choke Slam, and he he had just passed away uh, not even a month after that. So um, I use I would usually keep in touch with him, but it's too bad he's not around. But uh, hopefully he's there in spirit. So yeah, Bob Leonard uh, and also yeah, look, sorry, yeah. also R- Principal, Principal Richard, Richard Pound. Pound. Yeah, they were very close friends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm great, yeah, great yeah. guys too. And Principal was uh, one of the guys I broke in wrestling when I was uh, 14 years old at the pavilion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you started so young. Richard Pound, head of the Arnold Roll. Yeah. I was in junior high school wrestling. <laughs> wow. You were <laughs> yeah. so young when you started. But, uh, John, John's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it, it's two things before you go. One, it's one. Sure. Th- it's twelve thirty in the morning, and you're calling somebody. Let's hear a voice. <laughs> oh man, oh, man. Uh, let me let me think. Can you do Vince uh, McMahon? Do, do, do. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I can kind of do him. Uh, I can do Brett. You know. Oh, do Brett. Yeah, this is the best there is. The best there is. The best that there ever will be. Oh, that's so good. And Jerry Lawler, when I put you in that sharpshooter. You're going to beg, beg for, for forgiveness because come SummerSlam, I'm taking your crown. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. I think like we that. need to get uh, him to cut some promos for our show as Brett. I, I put you on the spot, but that yeah. was amazing. Thank you so much for that. And lastly, push your social problem. media. Where can the listeners uh, follow you on social media? Yeah, please. If you uh, can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jr. Both are great uh, social media platforms for myself. Uh, so you can follow me there at DB Smith Jr. And um, I appreciate any follows and support from all of my fans. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Hey, BC's listeners, Steve Rosenthal here from Powertown. As the managing partner and co-founder of Powertown Wrestling, I just wanted to let you know that our Series 1, which includes figures of the iconic Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, Magnum TA, Kerry Von Erich, Vern Gagne, and Luthez are now available for pre-order at PowertownWrestling.com. The figures are $45 each with bundles available. Each 7-inch scale ultra figure is also showcased with personalized accessories, ringwear, and championship belts. The unique book-like packaging delves into the lives and careers of the wrestlers in this series. Since our inception, we have made it our mission to celebrate the wrestlers that built this sport, and we are so excited to be able to share these figures with collectors and fans around the world. This is just the beginning for us, so be sure to follow us everywhere at Powertown Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter. There's much more to come from Powertown, where wrestling lives on. This is Mr. BC Goodness, Best Nevada, the author of Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada's Remarkable Professional Wrestling Legacy, on sale now. And you're listening to Bees, She's Wrestling. Mike, it is now time for the Mary Brown's Mailbag. Mary Brown's Crave Delicious. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. 
Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. All right, we've got a jam-packed Mary Brown's mailbag this week. How many questions are you going to hit me with? We're going to hit you with three. Three. We're going to hit you with three. But what are you craving from Mary Brown's right now? Oh, Spicy Big Mary. Spicy Big Mary. Yeah, you hooked me on that some time ago. I did, yeah. I I like the Spicy Big Mary, and I like the Spicy Potatoes as well. So those are really good. uh, Yeah, I had those too. Those are fantastic. All right, let's dig into the mailbag here. This one comes from... Long-time listener to the show, right from day one. Travis, a good friend of mine as well. Uh, he asks, how are viewership ratings determined in this day and age, specifically age demographic? And part B to that is, whose numbers do you believe? Well, I don't believe Dave Meltzer's numbers because I believe he puts a spin on it. Um, so ratings has always been, basically, it's an overnight system where they take a sampling of, say, a 1,000 people uh, that are basically what they call a good sampling and they prorate that to a million if I'm not mistaken. And then they, based on that, however much that ratio is, they, they prorate it to the amount of viewing, the viewing public. So you'll get a a 1.1. It used to be one point, like a 1.0 at one point used to mean a million total viewers. Um, They used to really push on total viewers as the big number, and that would be the number I would always care about, as opposed to, um, oh, we were number three in the key demo. I don't think of key demo as very valuable because then you now you've run into a problem where wrestling wrestling companies are writing to eighteen to thirty five year old men, as opposed to trying to generate the female audience, yes, or the the older lapsed fan or the teenage or preteen fan that is hugely valuable. When WWE came here to Winnipeg a few weeks ago, the value of that preteen fan was still immensely valuable. Their mom buys the merchandise. That's important. AEW almost solely focuses on men 18 to 35. It's been valuable to them. Their pay-per-view numbers are huge, but it's it's very narrow-sighted. Now, back 10 years ago, 12 years ago, TNA, Impact, they worried about total viewership because they were happy to get 1.2 million, 1. Yes. 1.4 million viewers. And they had way more total viewers than, than um, All Elite does now. Now, you'll hear Dave Meltzer say, well, you don't understand ratings because, like, total, there's too much there's too much competition with Netflix and there's too much this and there's too much that. I still want to know how many total viewers are watching the program because you can take that and figure out if we can monetize each viewer to $5 average on merchandise sales online or $5 average to ticket and key markets or $5 average to whatever you, you want to monetize your total viewership. That is the number that counts. I don't care about key demo as an ability to try to say, oh, we won the key demo on our time slot. That's what AEW has to do because their total number isn't strong yeah. enough. When when wrestling televised was the strongest in the 90s during the Attitude Era, it was total viewers and there was as many as 6 million watching, 7 million at any given time. They will, if they're ever going to get back to that kind of dominance for the, for the genre, it's going to take an appeal for everyone, not just the key demo. And you can access the Nielsen ratings out there if you want just a little quick, quick little background on Nielsen. There used to, it used to be called the Nielsen family and it used to be a box that sat on top of your TV and recorded whether you're watching or not. Now 
like like we said, there's a little bit of guesswork involved. They must have it down to a science. So, but as far as who you're gonna believe, who you're not gonna believe, I I'm, I'm on your I'm on board with you. I would not probably take Dave Meltzer's numbers. There's a sale job on Dave Meltzer. Yeah. The other thing is in this day and age in technology, they can tell who is on what cable channel at any given time. They, I'm sure they can. Completely. With with like the set-top boxes that we have now, they can they can do anything. Yeah, so or, I don't know if they're doing that or if that's not allowed or if it's one of those secret, uh, you know, Mike Davidson conspiracy theories where he thinks everybody's watching him. Because I believe JFK was shot <laughs> in a conspiracy. Not everything. And oh, he, by the way. Oh, oh, oh. oh here we After go. the mailbag, mailbag, I've got something to say. Okay, Mike's got something to say yeah. after the You want to talk conspiracies? I got another conspiracy for you. Okay, let's go to the next question. Let's go to the next question here. Uh, we're going to go to, oh, superfan Dave Cote. All right. He asks, how did both of you break into the wrestling business? Any advice for folks wanting to do so now? Okay. So you can go ahead. You're going to repeat that question. I'm just going to say before I answer the question, if you would like to ask your question, hashtag Mary Brown mailbag. And make sure you put our handle on it at Total Bees She's and we're happy to answer it. Now ask the question again and then I'll answer it. All right. He says, question of the week, how did both of you break into the wrestling business and is there any advice you would give to somebody hoping to do so now? You first. Uh, okay. So I broke into the wrestling business in earnest. I would say I started contacting Ernie Todd. Of the, Ernest, speaking of Ernest. Of, of the CWF about running a show in Morden. I wanted to, to get a show going in Morden. Uh, he decided he was going to book Morden and I helped poster. Um, that did not go well. How old were you? 15. Okay. Uh, did not go well. Uh, the show did not draw. Ugh, we didn't draw. I, I, I still don't know to this day why. And it drew 50 people, I think. 50, 50 is not first, the worst. First time I saw Just in Time. First time I saw Bobby Collins, uh, the Rebel Machine, uh, Spider. Was on that show. Easy Rider rode on a Harley from Gaslight Motorcycles in Morden. It was a. It was a, the show was good, but okay. So after that, I went to. Uh, I started writing for Doctor Luther's website, DrLuther.net. You're his fan club president too. I, uh, yeah, I guess I am. Uh, I started writing uh, weekly columns for his website along with a few other contributors, and that was fun. And uh, I was going to be in the class with uh, Oz for Don Callis's training school. And I just couldn't get the money together at the time. Um, and all of a sudden, I got an email from a guy uh, named Rob Stardom, who he said, I read your stuff on drluther.net. I see that you wanted to train. I'm training some guys if you'd be interested. And about a year went, went by, and I finally started training with Rob Stardom. And he, he's the one who trained me. He started training me, and we trained in Wayne Stanton's ring. Sorry, I blanked there. We say, I trained in Wayne Stanton's ring. You're a coward, and you Wayne, bumping coward. And Wayne Stanton gave me my first ring name, Killer Chris Dion. Yeah, he gave uh, me mine too. Um, Dion was actually given to me by Zach Mercury because they wanted to call me Celine Dion. They wanted to rib me. They wanted to call me Celine Dion. And Wayne went to Carol, who was doing the ring announcing, <laughs> and said, call, call, him, call him Killer Chris Dion. He's Killer Chris and, Dion. And Chris Dion stuck. So that, that's the story. All right. Advice? Advice. Um, if you're looking to get into it and you're a young person, you're not quite uh, of age yet, hit the gym hard, work out hard, uh, get, get your cardio up because 
you can you can get it up as much as you want, but it'll never be ring level. I know a lot of guys that have come in who have been like runners and like I've got elite level cardio, and they hit the ropes a few times and they're just gassed because it's a completely different principle. Lots of stops, lots of starts, and the stops are fast and the starts are fast. So get yourself into shape, find a reputable school, save up the money beforehand, <laughs> and. and and get trained properly. I did the opposite of everything you've just advised. So did, so did I. Uh, Vance Nevada was my cousin. He broke in in 1993 as a 16-year-old. I broke in as a 19 in 1995 as a 16-year-old after harassing and hounding the ever-loving she's out of him. And finally, he said, "Okay, well, we can we can start training, and and you can start as a referee." Um, Wayne Stanton gave me my ring name. It's Mike Myers. And then uh, I was a River City wrestling referee, and because of that, I got around and into the ring where I could learn things about how they were doing it by seeing it that closely. Uh, never, ever really enjoyed bumping, especially for training. Uh, I always found myself, you know, like I, w- I wasn't really cut out for in-ring stuff. I, I wasn't overly coordinated, although I will be if I go into the Rumble to remember. And uh, my cardio wasn't the best, but it will be if I go into the Rumble to remember. And um, yeah, I, I just got in. And, but I, my, actual, my actual strength in the business was more in the business end, the promoting, the booking end, the developing TV, the, the bigger vision stuff. I always thought I used to hound Vance as the booker. Hey, you're, you're booking badly. If you let me book, it will be better. Okay. You be the booker, but I'll give you better ideas because your ideas suck. And, and I hounded him and I always wanted to book. And, and I remember him not being the a great booker and me just always, and that's part of why, you know, him and I don't always see eye to eye now. Um, my advice to People who want to break in now take it very seriously. Make sure you know what you're doing, and you're not just a super fan who wants to be wants to yeah. do it because that's why he wants to do it. Actually, try to condition yourself like somebody who's actually going to be doing something that's in times more physical than football. It's it can be just as difficult or more difficult than hockey. Just because you have an, a background as an athlete does not mean you're going to be able to understand what you're going to be putting your body through, like you said. And be serious about it and get good advice from people. Don't like, don't just discount what somebody says because it doesn't align with what you think. Focus on all the advice you get and carve it out your way. Yeah, that's, a, that's great advice. All right, let's move on to our next question from Mr. Our final Beautiful. question, Mr. Beautiful. Mr. Beautiful, he says, what is the worst wrestling show you've ever been to or booked? And he's got a part B. Have you also ever regretted a rib? So let's just start with the wrestling side of things. Worst wrestling show you've ever been to or booked? Oh, you know, so you Mr. Could- Beautiful, you might as well kick me right in the nuts. Um, I've been to shows that were worse than my worst, but I obviously the pride of ownership works against you when it goes wrong. Um, the convention center show that Mr. Beautiful asked about before was one of the shows where I never wanted to touch the wrestling business again. It was absolutely disappointing compared to what my vision was and what actually came together. And that one was made evented by Rikishi versus test. Um, and then in, but that wasn't the one. I did a show at Blush and I brought in the New Age Outlaws and they took on Chevy and Sanchez. Should have been an amazing main event. It was. And then I had Bob Hawley against Danny Duggan. Also should have been, and it was. But it didn't draw well because it was at a bar midweek. Yeah. And I learned I never wanted to do bar wrestling after that. Um, 
And so on that show, I had this big vision where I was going to have Wayne Stanton on the stick make fun of Andrew. And I had it play the song, I think it's Daniel Powder or something. You had yeah, a bad yeah. day. Yeah. And it was just a slideshow of CW or PCW guys. And it was just me being a dink. And um, I would say that's the rib I regret the worst because it was me being spiteful for nothing but self enjoyment really and it, it it did not add anything to the show and that's my phone going off that's hey rookie shout adam, out your phone adam knight <laughs> calling to say he's going to do the total bishi show uh that would be the the rib i regret the most i love the ribs i got blamed for that i didn't do yeah like the catfish wrestling promoter i i told a bad version of the of the rokeby rib which one day i'll have danny duggan on the show and we'll yes. tell it properly um and obviously the rib where pepito yeah got ribbed and thought he was he thought he was booked. Uh, I'm not going there. Do you yet. regret that one? No, I didn't do it. So how could I regret it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you try I almost caught the you there. I almost caught uh, you. No, but uh, and it's the greatest rib ever pulled was was what happened. Uh, um, there was ribs that we wanted to do. Sorry that I'm going to go long on no, this. No, go ahead. One of the ribs that we wanted to do, Danny and I, was we were going to send an email to a whole bunch of American wrestlers. And basically, they were going to be promised trans and oh, uh, directions to a PCW yeah. show. <laughs> that would have been amazing. And, and we terrible. were going to send it out to like sixty different guys. Bring a car load. Yeah, your trans will be covered. And but please, I ask one favor: do not advertise this because you're supposed to be surprised. We, we want you to be a surprise for our crowd and show a commitment to our crowd that they never know what to expect. And so the idea being that okay, tell tell them put this in your GPS. This is the venue. Get there at four o'clock. So is there setting up the ring and the first American show up who booked them right and then the second and then the third 60 car loans of four guys 250 wrestlers show up thinking they're booked it would have been amazing but okay so the worst show you never laugh when I talk about ribs it's like I'm not a ribber you know I was just gonna say I don't have a rib that I regret because I didn't pull a lot of like uh, my ribs were like pretty like I never wanted to wreck anybody's gear or take a a dump in somebody's bag like those were the ribs that were around when i was starting up it was like ribs that i thought that awful like my rib was like i put shaving cream in a guy's shoe like really not a big deal just kind of fun and and what the hell's you know that type of thing as for the worst show i don't remember exactly the time period but it was for ringmasters and i showed up i was late getting there from my job and I showed up in the first match, and I watched the first couple of matches, and they were god-awful. And then I wrestled Moses Luke, and Moe's the best. Like, Mo can carry anybody, and he carried me to a decent match, which is a testament to the fact that he can carry anybody. But when he hit me with a um, spine buster, I rotated a bit much, and I spiked my head. And the next thing I knew, I saw, I looked up, and Moses Luke, who's a legitimate 400 pounds at the time was on the top rope. And I said to the referee, am I supposed to stay? Or am I supposed to move? Cause I, I was out, I was out. And, and the referee said, stay. So next thing I know he's coming down with a leg drop and that was the end of the match. Leg drop was fine. He's the best. Uh, I love Moses Luke. And, uh, but yeah, I spiked my head and uh, it sounded like everybody was underwater for, for the next three or four days. Yeah. Concussions are a real thing. Um, 
As for any other ribs I could think of or anything like that, I'm trying to think of that I re- I don't regret any because I I'm a master of prank phone call ribs and I love them and I was hard on Omar I've told him yeah okay okay you listen here Mike Davidson you're the devil but I loved it I love good rib and I also have been ribbed a lot and the, I the niacin rib was okay like R- Rob used to get <laughs> Rob, Rob Rob got me with the niacin one time and then I, then I took over that rib where you you take the niacin kid and it looks like you got a tan. It does because it makes you the, burn. It makes you, the blood rush to your skin. Yeah, but it feels like you've had the worst sunburn ever. So you give it to them, you know, 10, 15 minutes before the match, just so it hits right in the middle of the yeah. match, and it's itchy too. So you're itchy. Yeah, and you're red. you could tell you could tell the guy you're giving him anything. Here's some caffeine. You'll feel energetic. Yeah, oh. and and wrestlers will take any. Oh sure, yeah, okay. So the nice and rib Rob got me with that, and then I took over that rib, and it was. I, I did it to Bobby Fox in Selkirk, and it was a great time. I love Bobby Fox. So do I. Hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag on Twitter and and put the handle Total B, at Total B. She's, we'll answer any of your questions. Now let's talk conspiracy theory, oh, pal. You lit, you lit a fire. I was thinking about this, and I'm right. It's a work. You always think it's you're right. It's a work. Let me tell you, CM Punk fights with the vice presidents of the company. In any other pro sports team where winning actually meant something, the GM of the team would get this fixed fast. Let me tell you, Evander Kane's been run out of town before because he was the problem. A couple times. There might be a problem. It was Evander Kane, run out. If a receiver in the in the NFL gets run out of town, if he is the problem, because he is the problem. So if CM Punk got into an actual shoot fight with the with the vice presidents of the company, and it was the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, they would be back. Someone would be back on TV. They would not leave it in lingo with this in limbo with this long suspension that is accomplishing nothing unless it's building the foundation of the angle because it's a work. You give them way too much credit, as I always say. It's Definitely. What not. moron? And I mean, he, what he, moron? You, you, you start every show talking about what a moron he is. Yes, but this doesn't make sense because even a moron would think in panic. I got to get these guys back on TV. The only reason you would have these people sitting in limbo off TV is because it's a work, and you're stalling until you're going to introduce it during November ratings. The, the only whoa, thing whoa, I'm- whoa! November ratings are important, and that's when these guys start coming back because it's to lay the foundation of crazy business make the people think they don't know what's happening make the people believe it's a shoot and it's a work the whole time and you fell for it and everyone else has fallen for it i'm the only guy still saying it's a work okay all right there you have it mike davidson on the grassy knoll once again i wasn't on the grassy knoll (laughs) but i also don't believe lee harvey oswald was in the sixth floor either Okay. Glenn goes to get us out of here. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the Iceman. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Garney, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the Iron Claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. 
Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friends, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I'd like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover, and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?